Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Thank God for you. I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> I'm going very quickly. She's, she's like, what she's are you a, doing? She does voiceover, so she knows how to use all this equipment and programs. I could tell and with I, that voice. Yeah. And I'm, I know, oh, right? You. <laughs> Smooth. You, you just sit there and look pretty. You just sit there and look pretty. You're doing she'll, okay. she'll give you some of her sultry, dulcet tones. Oh, <laughs> oh, I mean, read, read me a lullaby. <clears throat> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time. Right. Good night. <laughs> that was, that was good. That's all I need. I know. I could fall asleep right now. She wanted to be a bad girl. Oh. oh. Spicy. <laughs> okay. I'm tingly. I'm tingly, Rachel. Oh. Um, do ASMR as well. If you want. Oh, don't. Oh, ASMR. Can we? <laughs> Wait, let me go get something real quick. Yeah. <laughs> BRB. I, I got to go to this bottom drawer for a second. Yeah. Listen, that's, is that what you're calling it? <laughs> my bottom drawer. Yes, yes. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Go you reaching my bottom drawer. No, it's yeah. the middle drawer. It's the middle drawer. Mm. <laughs> I need to clean my bottom drawer if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I Everyone does, always. It's always dirty. <laughs> It's never clean, the asshole. Mm. Oh, mm. I didn't know that's what you're talking about. I was talking about like having my pipes cleaned in a metaphor sort of way. But, yeah. Uh, all the above, you know. Oh, I meant drawer, like top drawer is the pee hole. Middle is the <laughs> snatch. And then the bottom. Wow, is this the is ass. so informative. I love it. We could have all the analogies for the snatch. For the, uh, <laughs> for the snoodle. Yeah. Reaching into your middle drawer. That's our new term now when we got to go handle some biz. Oh, it's like it's like Middle Earth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, good morning. I, good morning. Good afternoon. Good, morning. good morning. Already laughing. Uh, uh, I guess I'll do a formal intro. Um, this is interesting because I know I've met one of the people that we're interviewing 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Oh my God, almost 15. Not that old. We were when children. You were born. I know you yeah, were alive I was, then. I was 12. Um, we were just young pups. Oh, so young, so naive about so many things. Um, that, very that. Yes, yeah, so naive. But um, it's a joy to have the ladies from the Boss Bitch Show podcast now, right? Is, is it Boss Bitch Comedy? But now it's going to be Boss Bitch Podcast. Yes, it's the Boss okay. Bitch Show podcast. Yes. And our live show in New York is the Boss Bitch Show. Right. So. Um, we have Rachel Green and Kirsten O'Brien with us, the Boss <laughs> Bitches. And um, just so everyone knows to be on the lookout, their podcast is launching on July 14th. And we're talking to them prior to that because we want to give them some podcast love. Thank you. The bitch, this is the Bitch Talk bump right now. Yeah. Just right now. now you're getting the Bitch Talk bump. <laughs> We love that. I feel bitches bumped. on bitches. We'll bump. Let's let's yes, bump middle drawers right. just to make I it official. Feel, <laughs> I feel great. 
<sighs> I have just huffed a uh, bitch, bitch talk and I feel really good about Isn't it. Isn't it good? <laughs> it's good. Good. I, uh, it's a little salty. Drip. It's a little salty, a little sweet. It's, it's a little, little bitter. bitter. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <for bitter. let's laughs> as the drip usually is, you know, so <sighs> any good um, drip, it's aged drip <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's got a little aging process on it. Yeah. There's a little mold maybe at this point. Um, sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Rachel. Can you talk to us about what the boss bitch show is in general? Sure. Uh, so the boss bitch show, the live stand-up show is a very femme forward LGBTQ BIPOC, uh, and, and an occasional cis dude that we like, you know, cis straight white dude that we like. Uh, They're um, around the 1%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, they don't need our help. Um, so yeah, so we are, are spotlighting those beautiful voices and, uh, both, uh, in the audience and, and the comics that we hire, you know, it's become a really safe, beautiful space for us to all come and have a great time. And, um, you know, audience members are often shocked by like, oh my God, I liked every single comic on the lineup and, oh, wow, you talked about things that are relevant to me. Um, you didn't have some weird shitty dick joke. Like you actually like talked about things that I got that I want to talk about and I'm afraid to. So thank you. Um, so we had so much fun with that. Um, but we realized we take turns, uh, hosting and headlining and we realized that people don't get to see us together. So, um, as comedy partners, as besties, we, uh, have this, you know, great banter and a lot of, uh, subject matters that we connect on. And it's not just comedy. It's like woo woo witchy shit, sex, positivity, feminism, uh, queer stuff, you know, anything like along those lines and just, you know, life generate generational trauma, you know, all the things that we inherit from our moms and, um, yeah, that we're letting go of. So we decided to make a podcast so we could talk about those things with people that we think are boss bitches. Yeah. That I was a really that. great. So thank you. I hope we recorded oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it yeah. as a loop later if you want that. Yeah. 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 I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, we've been doing the stand up show now for 13 months. Oh lucky, my. This is lucky number 13. <laughs> She's a baker's dozen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the stand up show has been really successful, and we just wanted to widen our audience and get out there to more people and also like be able to interview people that aren't only comics. You know what I mean? Cause we know so many interest, interesting people and Rachel and I both dabble in all sorts of communities and worlds. And we know a lot of cool peeps. Yeah. And, and boss bitches is not like, you know, some people think that bitch is like femme exclusive, <sighs> like anybody can be a boss bitch, you know? Correct. Correct. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Um, so it sounds like you started this show literally as soon as we could do things in person again. So I was, so I like 13 months. <laughs> ago. Yeah. Yeah. In New York, things opened like last April and we hopped on like June. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Oh. So I'm curious to know when you were coming well, I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but coming back on stage, how has comedy evolved in New York? Are you feeling like audiences are a lot more receptive? <laughs> yeah, uh -oh. So much to say <laughs> on this subject. Uh, you well, start? well, just to start, you know, um, it was really cool during the pandemic, actually, before the uh, comedy clubs actually opened. Stand up was like the little engine that could stand up was the art form because Rachel and I both do a lot of things. I'm a dancer. I'm an actor. She's an actor. She's a voiceover artist. She's a musician. But stand up was the little engine that could that came back first because it's so easy to produce. All you need is a mic 
like and a light, essentially, and an audience and a lineup. And people were doing shows on rooftops. They were doing shows in Central Park. They were doing them on sidewalks. Yeah. And um, that and that was sort of the thing that led us to be like, oh, well, this is the first thing that we could really get legs under um, because I was doing a ton of sketch comedy prior to the pandemic. And that just like went right down the drain just because logistically it was so difficult, like to rehearse and do things safely. Um, but how has standup changed? I mean, I think that the pandemic changed it in a lot of ways. Like Rachel, you've said, you know, that it um, people were doing it for the passion because we weren't doing it at the clubs. So there wasn't that um, that sense of like competition because people were doing it wherever they could do it to work on the craft and for the joy of doing standup because it's what we love. And fuck, we had so much to talk about. Like there was so much to talk about after that, especially if you hadn't had the chance to do a lot of standup and you had a lot to say. Yeah. Know? And I think everybody was so sick of doing it on Zoom. Um, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, Zoom was better than Instagram Live or Facebook Live or any of that stuff, because at least on Zoom, you could have audience feedback. Mm -hmm. um, which was nice. Uh, the one thing that was nice was Jack and I did a show like March, 2020, when we were like, oh, we're just going to be out of the office for like two weeks. No big <laughs> <Yes. deal."> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we were able to have people from around the world. That was the cool thing about zoom much like we're doing right now. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, there, there are some positives to, you know, the, the, the pandemic. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we started to write an article that um, unfortunately the male dominated lineups have not changed much it's, in the, the big clubs. They've kind of mm -hmm. gone right back to their like, oh, maybe we'll have one token woman or yep. one token person of color. And we've done our diversity job. Right. And it's like, ugh. it's almost gotten worse. Yeah, I gotta, it I gotta say it. It really does feel that way. Um, in term, in terms of like marginalized comics, comics that were already not getting um stage time or not being like highlighted at clubs or booked. You know, like I feel like it's sort of there's a it's weird. There's I feel like a lot of the time stand up is like a microcosm of like our political situation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's been a pendulum like right before. If you remember, like right before the pandemic and during the pandemic, the biggest, most talked about stand up specials were from women mm -hmm. like it was a really big time for women in stand up and stand up and like Nanette, like that was like a oh, that, so that was what I was thinking of. Off, yeah, that blew the lid off of like what stand-up could be. Yep. And um, I mean, I was like so inspired by that stand-up special. Mm -hmm. I feel like women were making such an impact and then the pandemic happened and it sort of leveled the playing field. And I feel like- Well, it's also the president. Right. And, and, I, and I feel like- Vibe, maybe. And I feel mm -hmm. like what happened was, I, I feel like a lot of white stress white, straight, cis male comics were like grasping for power, grasping mm -hmm. to like get their their place back in the in the field of comedy. Oh, yeah. I've heard them complain. I've heard them be like, <laughs> oh, you know, it's just so hard being a white dude nowadays. Like nobody wants to put me on their shows. Like everybody wants, you know, like like diversity. And I'm like, are you really oh, saying no. this are right you saying now? this out loud? Yeah, I've heard them say it out loud. And I'm like, oh, wait, you're you're not kidding. 
like, you're serious. And I'm like, like, oh, that's the best joke I've heard you say. (laughs) Yeah, but they were serious. Exactly. And I'm like, and I'm like, even if that is the case, which it's clearly not, dude, like, give it up. Like, give us like, I don't know, give us a couple of years, you know, like, but, but that's not even the case, no. you know, throw us a bone. Sorry. We're making up for thousands of years of like, you know, <laughs> misogynistic <laughs> rain, you know, like, uh, and yeah. still, it's still making up for it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Supreme court. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going dark. You went there. No, it, it's, no. it's hard not to bring it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how did you two meet? I <laughs> Stand up. She used to run a show in the attic space of the pit. It was um what like a a, a five by ten space maybe. Uh-huh. Oh, it was, it was um it was a fire hazard for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was great. It was like one of those like I like it holds a dear place in my heart, even though it was a fire hazard. Um, there was I mean there was a time you had to there was no staircase you had to climb a ladder to get into it and it held like sold out. That show was like twenty people in the audience packed. Which was cool because I thought it made it like very um, like exclusive and like niche. And um, it was hot as fuck up there. Like it was we would run this huge fan. Gigantic, gigantic fan. You would have to like scream over the fan. But it was it was really cool. And I ran a stand up show up there called Mothballs because. Yeah, of course. And um, and yeah. And Rachel was on our lineup one night and she she did a joke about queefing. That I was. Yes, like, please. T- can we, was love like, we're gonna be, we love queefs. We're going to be friends. Yeah, we're going to be friends. I was like, this woman will be my friend. Whether yeah. she likes it. <laughs> and she did a joke about uh, the adhesive properties of vaginal fluids. So um, I was like, oh, this bitch knows some things. You know? Match made in, match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I always say if I if I was a drag queen, my name would be Queen Laquifa. Yeah. Did you know that? Did you know that there is a performer named Queen Laquifa? What in New York? Yes. (gasps) Oh, Oh, and well, I'm proud of her. I'm glad the name's being used. Yes. 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 And I did know. um, I think there was a burlesque artist. I forget her name. God, she was amazing. um, Who was able to queef on command? And wow, it was. I mean, what a performance. That's Let me tell you. It was surprising. It was delightful. It was powerful. Um, I think she was on the <laughs> gong show at one point when oh. like that was a thing. And one of her things was uh, she would. God, I wish I could remember her name. She would blow out a cupcake with her queef, like a like a candle on a cupcake. Was she on Howard she- Stern? Yeah, probably. probably. That sounds okay. about and right. She would like familiar. smash it in the guy's face. It was yes. incredible. They do yeah. shows like that in Thailand. Um, I love it. FYI, there's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, back to your show. Uh, I was really excited. Even just reading the synopsis of your podcast, I was learning new phrases and I wanted to ask you what a slut throat is. We're happy to share. Um, OK, so. Um, uh, Kirsten and I are, um, international sluts of mystery. We like to say, and, um, we were both into some, you know, kinky sex. Uh, part of that may include, you know, very vigorously, uh, deep throating a penis. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
We like to choke on a dick from time to time. From time to time, you know. You, <laughs> you, know, you dabble. You dabble. In, you know when you yeah. just want to get fucked in the mouth by the patriarchy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. My poor mother. So, but here's what happens. Um, when you do that, you get micro tears or you can get micro tears oh. in the back of your throat. And when you don't go to the bathroom and gargle with our recommendation is either peroxide or alcohol-based uh, mouthwash, you can get a throat infection. Um, I had strep throat. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I was dating a fan, which was stupid. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, about after two months, once he realized that I was an actual person and not just my comedy persona that he had loved so much on Instagram. Uh, yeah, he was like, you'll never be my number one priority. And I was like, okay, great. And in my head, I was like, well, I'm only sleeping here tonight because um, I have my suitcase and I'm leaving for the airport in the morning. So I'm just going to get in one last really hard, you know. <laughs> And, um, I did that. And I think mixed between the vigorousness, the not rinsing of the mouth and the emotional hurt being caught in my throat. Um, you know, cause I do believe in the mind body connection. Um, yeah, I woke up in St. Thomas two days later with massive sore throat, like awful. So, um, to avoid slut throat, we recommend peroxide or alcohol-based mouthwash. Yeah. Yeah. Also good for sex parties. Yeah. Maybe more the mouthwash than the peroxide. That'd yeah. be kind of gross. Um, but yeah, like we have we have shared before, you know, like I'll get a sore throat and we look at each other and we're like, what, oh. what are you up to, bitch? What have you been doing? <laughs> Who you, you know, been doing? Oh. Yeah. throat. <laughs> and we're like, is it, you know, is it just a, a cold or is it slut throat? You know? Um, and I actually uh I was hooking up with a guy and, you know, sucking his life away, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, and I got a sore throat a couple of days later and it just like it was really bad. It just would not go away. And so I went to like a city MD and uh, I was like, OK, you know, swab me for strep throat or whatever. And they have like the the rapids now. So they're like, you don't have strep throat. So we're not really sure. And I looked at the doctor at the city MD and I was like, Okay, can you test my um, swab for gonorrhea, chlamydia? And she was shocked. She was like, looked, she was like, oh, of course. And then I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, because if it's not that, what is it? You know, I was definitely sucking some dick the other night, so it could be. And then she was like, so she goes and she like gets the tests. She swabs me and like goes and gets the test. And she comes back in and she was like, I just want to say, um, no one has ever asked me for that before. And good for you for, for just being so open about it. And I was like, yeah. And meanwhile, her like assistant, like the, the doctor's assistant was like, I just could not. She was like, what is happening? So yes, you should be swabbing. You know, if you get sick after a fun little sexual escapade and you get a sore throat, you know, do the thing like gargle. And also, like, if it persists, get some STI testing. OK, mm -hmm. you can get STIs in more places than your genitals. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Holes. Yeah. Just and it holes. was not gonorrhea, chlamydia. It was oh, just good. a good old infection. Good old, good old slut throat. But, you know, if it happened, like no shade, you you take a fucking you get medicine for that. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. OK, we're all mm. sluts. It's fine. Yeah. 
be a safe slut. Yes. Yeah. We're learning a lot. Yeah. We're learning a lot here. Oh yeah. Oh, we so, love that. Yeah. That, that's, that's part of our mission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what, what we, we referred to this earlier, but I, I did meet Kirsten, but I know you as Kiki. Can I say Kiki? Yes, of course. Yes. Lots okay. of people call me Kiki. Okay. So yeah. I, I met Kiki a long time ago, apparently. And I knew that you're an act, actress, actor and a dancer, but when did the comedy come? You know, that was pretty early on. Um, I started studying with UCB, uh, almost as soon as I got to New York city. And then, I was producing burlesque shows, I think around the time right. that you and I met, I was yeah. producing the Candy Jane's show and we incorporated sketch comedy with that. And we also incorporated a stand up host. And then I would like co-host as this character, Kitty Cockpit. And it, I was like doing stand up, but like in a character. And then I think slowly I just started to move into, I did a lot more sketch comedy. That was always like interesting to me. I did a lot of improv and, um, and then I was just, it sort of slowly morphed into, oh, I guess I could just do this as myself. <laughs> and then like, I, I really started doing stand up um, just to write, you know, just like, I just thought it was a good practice to like hone in on your comedic voice. And then I was like, oh, this is really great. I was like, oh, I get to like hold an audience hostage and make them listen to my jokes about my vagina. And like, <laughs> and I was like, this is great. So, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty seamless. Well, then I now I have to turn to Rachel because you are also a Reiki master, which mm -hmm. I find really fascinating. I had a friend that uh, mm -hmm. also was a Reiki master and she kind of rocked my world. She knew I needed new knee surgery before I did. Mm. She, You know, it was this crazy thing. So can you talk about being a Reiki master, what that means and also how you weave that into your comedy? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm. No one's ever asked me that. Thank <laughs> you. Um, well, OK, so uh, I've had a weird path of like played violin my whole life, ended up going to school for finance, hated it, took some mind expanding classes. Uh, the Reiki came out of that. It was a class called Stalking the Wild Mind. And it was about all things metaphysical. So I learned about Qigong and acupuncture and reflexology. And it was like, uh, I went into a store to buy tarot cards and she was a Reiki master. And I was like, oh, let me find out about this Reiki. Did some research, found a couple of kids in the class who were also interested had a dream the night before that I was going to be the one to receive, you know, the session when we went for like the, the example so that we could write the paper on it. And she was like, oh yeah, I knew it was going to be you. And then she's giving me the session and she goes, they want me to attune you. And I was like, who? They? She said, the ascended <laughs> masters. And I was like, I have no idea what she's talking about, but that's, I'm, I'm here for it. Like, let's do it. And then I studied with her and, um, how I got into stand up was because I was writing a web series based on my sex and dating life, but I'm not a screenwriter. So, boop, there you go. Took a class, thought I was going to hate it, and I freaking loved it. Mm. How the two sort of come together, I think, is that, um, like, that is literally, I can read a room energetically. You know, I, I feel the energy in the room. Like, I was already empathic, and then I became a Reiki master, and it was just like, which is like amazing and also terrible because I feel mm. everything. Yeah. Like even Especially when I don't in your want, throat. Right? Oh my yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. Throat shocker is like, <laughs> um, no, like, like sometimes I'll just like, I'll, I'll walk into a Starbucks and I'll suddenly like get angry. And I'm like, why am I angry? And I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling this person across mm. the rooms 
energy. I'm like, ugh. And I think, you know, I've watched some comedians, mostly men, um, who uh, they'll be bombing and they'll just double down on the bomb. They're like, fuck it. I'm in it. This is going terrible. It's your fault. You suck audience. And and I'm like, wow, that didn't have to go like that. And I feel like I've only really had like a true full on bomb maybe once maybe twice because I've had plenty of sets where I didn't do so great, but like full bomb where like, it just, there's nothing you can do. You try every fucking thing in the book and it's just, it's just not happening. But I feel like having the intuition, also having the acting background, being able to feel energy, being to look at people's faces, just being a fucking emotionally intelligent human. Um, if it's like, Oh, if they're not digging my material, okay, I'm going to do some crowd work. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to like tap in. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what? They really want to hear about my office job. I don't know why, but okay. I'm going to talk about that. You know, oh, they want to find out about, oh they, oh, they like the sex jokes. Okay, great. Me too. Let's go. You know, and, and I, I think it's that, that dipping and weaving. Um, and then I guess, you know, just trying to keep myself grounded, you know, Reiki helps with that too. So mm. now I, I want to become a Reiki, better. Reiki oh. master. Um, what kind of advice would you give someone who may want to write a, their first tight five for standup? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. <laughs> well, a tight five, I would say, is like one of the harder things to do, even for a seasoned <laughs> comedian. Okay. Like, like no comedians start doing tight fives. You know what I mean? Like it a type five is like a, it's, it's a special animal. Mm. Like I, um, I would give yourself more time, right? Seven minutes, you know, like give yourself, like, I just think a type five is like such a specific skill that like even the most seasoned comedians are working on constantly, like constantly massaging that, like, because to really like get an audience with you, like beginning, middle, end in such a short, amount of time and to make it cohesive and make sense. A lot of the times, like when I get five minute spots, it's like one, I either stretch it. (laughs) I'm like, I see the light and I'm like, you're getting the light. I'll do it another minute. (laughs) Or like two, it's just like, there was so much more that could have happened in that. Like, it just wasn't you know, I think, I, don't it, know. I think it also depends like what you're doing the tight five for. Mm. Um, I think uh, what we've been noticing quite a bit is if you look at um, late night shows, right? They love the autobiographical shit. They love it so much. They want to eat it up. They all the audience just like wants to get to know you. They want to feel like they have a piece of you in their hand, you know, and I used to resist it. And now I'm like, oh, no, there's value in it because it's you. It's your experience. They want to feel like you're bringing them into your living room. I personally I would personally prefer to tell you like a really funny sex story but that's not always going to fly with these more like PG 13 audiences, Mm -hmm. Um, even like festivals. Like I've done a couple of festivals, but I've been rejected by plenty because I think I just don't fit their formula. So I think it just really depends what you're doing with the type five. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's some people that do a type five and they only tell three jokes, Mm -hmm. you know, it's also not about that. And I like what you were saying. It's like, maybe start off with seven minutes and then 
when you're comfortable with it, start picking out what, what I would call word economy. I didn't make that up. Um, and then be like, Oh, do I really need to say this thing? No, I don't. Oh, oh do I really? No, I don't need to say that. Like to still get the point across and still have the joke be like witty, pithy go. Yeah. yeah like what is the shortest funniest way to say that. Um, and yeah, like we've, we've both had to do type fives for like audition shows as they call it. Um, and really, and yeah, you can only fit three tops, four jokes in there. And for something like that, like that's very different than like a, a type five for like a late night show, because you're just putting your funniest shit in there and trying to make it make sense and have like transitions that make sense for three to four jokes you know, so yeah, it depends. Yeah, that's a good point. Depends and also doing it for. for late night, I've I've heard people sort of not criticize, but just give their little take on uh, like a, a comic that they knew really well. And then they saw them do late night and they were like, yeah, that was definitely not their funniest jokes, but clearly yeah. yep. the producers made them, you know. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great advice. Loose five. So keep it a loose five. A loose, a loose five. Maybe more like a, a whole Massage. 10. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, 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 we're super excited about your show, especially after having this conversation. Can you let our audience know what they have to look forward to? What kind of guests you're going to have on? Maybe some dream guests. Just put it out into the Ooh. universe. Dream guests. Manifest. Love Manifest. these questions. So good. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh yeah, we, we essentially we interview people that we think are boss bitches that can be musicians, comedians, sex experts. We had on a friend who enjoys being a gangbang organizer, you know? Um, oh. Yeah, it really runs the gamut. Of we're going to have a <laughs> chiropractor, um, maybe our therapist, you know, who knows? Um, just people that we think are boss bitches, that there's something very cool and unique about them. And they just they handle their life with extreme like agency and boss bitchiness. Mm-hmm. And we find out like who they are, what makes them a boss bitch, like what's important to them. Like, you know, a yeah. lot of these people are making change in the world through whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have do you want to tell them about the big deck? energy cards. (gasps) Yes. So uh, part of our show is we have what we have created. uh, It's called the big deck energy cards. And we have on each card, it's sort of like an energy deck or like a tarot deck, if you've ever um, experienced those. And our guests pick a card and the card has like a word that we would like to reclaim. So it might be a word that has like a negative connotation. Bitch. Bitch. Cunt. Pussy. Slut. Gay. Queer bossy. Yeah. 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 Get it. So, um, (laughs) we'll give like a, our definition of the word, and then you can analyze it, whether it was like reversed or upright, kind of like tarot. And then, um, it will give a nice little affirmation of like, how do you need to incorporate this idea into your life? Yeah. 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 I love it. We're going to wrap in a minute, but I have to ask Rachel one more thing. Sure. You're on law and order SVU. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, love, I love me some law and order in general, mm. but I feel like that is a, a, a passage, right? For every actor in New York has to be on one kind of law and order. Can you talk about that? Sure. Uh, you're absolutely right. It is a total New York actor rite of passage. <laughs> when I booked that shit, I was like, ah, I did it. I finally did it. I did not get to work with Christopher Maloney. I mean, you know, I was going to middle drawer, middle drawer, reach in. in. Marishka Hargitay. Well, 
still fits my middle drawer. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh. <laughs> she's here. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I played a court clerk. Um, it's probably my episode is probably the most boring episode of Law and Order to exist. Uh, it completely goes away from the format. It's way more like your traditional Law and Order than SVU because mm-hmm. 80% of the episode takes place in the courtroom. Oh, wait, um, which one is this? Uh, I Can believe- we find it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was called, <laughs> I think it was called uh, Part 33. Oh. Um, I could look at my IMDb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, not to give it away, but it was an episode where, and I was actually, I am the only person to this day to ever swear anyone in. They just don't do that. It's just no. not their format. No. But because Mariska's, I'm typing IMDb in IMDb. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is multitasking at its finest. So I, um, yeah, because she was so um, distraught about whether or not she wanted to uh, testify because she knew that if she testified, it would incriminate this woman's character who was being mm-hmm. accused of murder. She had murdered her husband, but he was abusing her her entire life. And she took, he was, um, I'm giving it all away. Here we go. Um, <laughs> but he was a retired cop. He was beating her, oh. he was mentally abusing her mentally, okay. emotionally, physically, the whole fucking thing. And one day she just lost her shit. And she used his service rifle to kill him. Um, so they were debating, was this self-defense or not after Ooh. years and years and years of abuse? Yeah. I might've seen this already. This feels uh, Yeah, this was, a, I'm trying to, what the heck episode was it? Okay. Okay. Season 20, episode 14. It's called part 33. Okay. I did remember it. Nice. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Okay, well, well, I'm going to find that and watch it. So yeah, it was an amazing experience (laughs) and I'm grateful for it. And I've auditioned for organized crime, which would which would put me with Christopher Maloney. <laughs> yes. And isn't Dylan, isn't Dylan McDermott in that one too, or no? Uh, he was in the first season. Oh. Um, not my favorite. Why um, him hmm. or the, just the way he chose to play the, or maybe he was, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Uh, it, it. He's playing a mob, like a mob boss. And just uh, the, the way he plays, it just feels very actory. That's oh. all. Uh, and that, that could be the direction. It could be his choice. I don't really know. This season was more Dennis Leary's character who plays um, a oh. corrupt cop. And I actually like the job that he did. And I felt like he and Chris Maloney had a very nice uh, fake rapport. Like, you know, it, it was genuine, but he was undercover. I don't want to give it away, but it's I actually like the season better. So I think I think they're learning as they grow. It's a new show. I mean, obviously, yeah. Dick Wolf owns like a million franchises, but Dick Wolf. Um, oh, my God, that man, that, that man, man owns everything. Uh, haven't met him, but uh, maybe I will see. Is he real? I don't even know at this point. He does exist. He does. <laughs> yes. I, I've met people who have met him. Okay. Okay. Wow. Well, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to fit in something since we went on that tangent with, if I could ask Kiki something, because yeah. um, in, is in, it in, about in, Daddy Maloney? Because no, I, no, it's kind of a, no, but we can get back to that. I've seen him on the street. I'll just say that I saw him on the street on the Upper West Side at brunch with his family. And I was just like, <laughs> I will get a throat infection for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to grab those shoulders. And yes. Let the kids watch. Teach them a thing or yeah. two. Okay. <laughs> no, in your, in your bio, Kirsten, you mentioned Elizabeth Berkeley in the film Showgirls, which, I mean, that movie affected me 
It I was so, it was such an impressionable age. She went from Saved by the Bell to Showgirls. So can you just tell me why why that film? Why are you channeling um, her in your everyday life? That film is one of the most important influences <laughs> of my career. Um, well, let's just talk about how um, it's so funny. It's the one of the funniest movies ever, and. The beauty of its hilarity is that it's really so not self-aware as like a film, you know, and but what I really respect about it is like, you know, and there's like so much talk about like that, like she was directed that way to like make those specific choices. And like, regardless of that, like they are such strong choices and it's so entertaining. And as a dancer, like I, the majority of my work as a dancer was in casinos. I worked like Atlantic city shows. So like, I love the showgirl aspect of it. The choreography, it's ridiculous. It's so fabulous. It's so gay. Like it's just, there's so much glitter and sparkles and fire and sex. And like, it's just, it's so ridiculous. And I love it. I love it for it's like absurdity, you know? And I would say like that very much connects to me as like a person and I'm like still <laughs> a dancer and I do showgirl gigs and like, I'm an absurd person. So like, of course I love this movie. Like <laughs> it's like in complete alignment with me as a human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if there were a movie that like represented me as a person, it's that movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I agree. It made me. And there's even parts of it that are, yeah, there's even parts of it that are very dark and fucked up. And like, again, yeah, it, it's <laughs> like, yes, um, yes, we're in alignment. Yeah. Thank you. I feel seen. <laughs> I agree. And made me I was like taking notes, too. I'm not going to lie. You know, just, she did some good moves. Just the lap dance oh, yeah. while she was on her period. It was like, oh, oh my God, God. that's where a good she was scene. like, finger me and find out like what yeah. a boss move. That's a boss bitch. Like, that's a pretty <laughs> boss move to be like Ugh. so much pelvic thrusting. Right. I mean, great. Like, who does that? Like, finger me and find out like that's funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's funny. Don't yeah. be mad. I haven't seen it. Yeah. <gasps> What? Wow. <laughs> you think you know someone and then this happens. Aaron, I know. I'm I sorry. just no, don't be you, sorry. I'm sorry. Are you mad you. that you came on the show? <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'm, I I I I have to say I pity you because it's such an experience. <laughs> It's, it's you know, it's totally not the same, but it's like when people tell me they haven't seen Goonies. Mm, yeah, okay. Like, okay. I can feel how that. is that even possible? I right. just don't. I don't understand. Okay, well, I have homework to do. <laughs> I just think you will enjoy it yeah, so much. No judgment. Like, like you are you you're keeping yourself from this joyous experience from happiness. Yeah, from that is happiness. like gets make some cocktails, get okay. a get a little high. Okay, and watch that movie. Like oh, it'll be one of the best nights of your life. Like okay, I, and I stand by that. I stand by that statement. I'll watch it with Ange. I think we should, but I was just gonna say it makes me a little hot too. A little hot. Um, well, maybe I won't watch it with her. But I haven't seen it since I was like, you know, a long time. So maybe I won't 
maybe it's, it's still kind of holds up. Yeah, there's yeah. some the, the scenes. Yeah. So we can watch it together, but just be warned, you know. Yeah, the scenes between Elizabeth Berkeley and Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon, exactly. Oh, Gina Gershon. I'm like, maybe I'll watch it by myself. All right. (laughs) You know, maybe maybe open up your middle drawer. Yeah. Yeah. It's open a lot. Um, (laughs) I want to thank the ladies from the boss show podcast we're talking with rachel green and kirsten o'brien and um just it's been a joy thank you we needed this really so much fun so much fun and you guys good luck podcasts are so much fun Uh, (laughs) that was believable i'm sorry i'm noted sarcasm (laughs) noted and you've been in the game a long time so we really appreciate you guys having us on yeah and there we we've already been climbing that learning curve real hard (laughs) just the editing alone we're like oh my god what did i do well that's why we we pay producer Shar like you know the big bucks top tier over here it's, it is it's so much editing. more work than anybody realizes we are working our way up to that we want ashara absolutely yeah <laughs> she's <laughs> ours you can't have her can't i have mean her. that's the goal that's truly the goal is to be able to pay people to do all this tech shit i dated a woman named char oh mm. does she do tech well, stuff? ask her yeah <laughs> Yeah. Do you have a podcast? They all have shars. I know we haven't <laughs> talked in 15 years. Yeah, but it's you, been a while. You <laughs> no, it's, well, it is. It's something that it was our saving grace during the pandemic. So yeah. I'm being honest. It's it is a joy and it's just a lot of work and people don't know that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. We had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Ange was great. Do you have another question, Ange? No, I was just going to say another word of advice is don't drink too much while you're recording, because I learned that the hard way. <laughs> I don't think we've ever like oh, get drunk, you mean? we drink whiskey while we do it sometimes. sometimes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I first started, I didn't really want to be on the podcast. I was just doing it as a yeah, favor. Reluctant co-host. So oh. I was really nervous. And, I, you know, I'm not a performer like the two of you, so I would drink a little too much whiskey. And Char lost track of how many hiccups she had to edit out of our interviews because I was just like, so anyway, you know, that's that's, that's (laughs) what I know we need to wrap soon is when Ann starts hiccuping. Oh, my gosh. No, I think I know from doing voiceover. I'm so hyper aware of every single sound. Like I try not to drink too much water. Um, you know, I try not to make too much sound on the microphone. I mean, it looks like I'm jerking it off right now. Yeah, I was wondering what that was. <laughs> you know, th- these are not uh, the, the the mic that I use for voiceovers is, is much nicer. Um, but it's, you know, it's a single, you know, condenser mic. So you can't use it for two people. Um, but yeah, like all the little things I hear, like nose sounds and mouth sounds and all the things. Yeah. Throat, so, throat drinking sounds. would not help. Drinking. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor Char. I owe her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, ladies. And good luck with your party. It sounds like a blast. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. If you're ever in New York, give us a shout. Please. We are planning a trip to New York. I was yes. going to yeah, say. We, well. we have a lot of folks we have to hit up and we'd love to meet y'all and go to a show or whatever or just hang out yeah absolutely that would be so fun awesome i want a big dick energy card too oh hell yeah
If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>